after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Do I look clean to you? Surprise. Ooh, dirty. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. So today on the show, arms are for smugging. (laughs) Or am I smugging you? Don't mean to smug ya. I don't think anyone knows that reference to the U2 song. I think everybody knows that reference to the U2 song. Uh, What else? You came up with a better uh, title, right? Smug Life. Smug Life. That sums it up. We are talking about commercials that are smug as fuck, especially <laughs> spokespeople or characters in commercials. Um, I just kind of came up with this topic not long ago, and I've been trying to brainstorm. And as I'm thinking of commercials that fit in this category, I think this is my biggest complaint with commercials. The ones that get me yelling at the TV are the ones where I'm mad at somebody's face or yeah. attitude. And I think the classic is well the modern classic of smug commercials Mm -hmm. is the chevy commercials right when you think of smug you think of those focus group commercials with that super smug guy who's leading those commercials and those are unwatchable low production i can handle overblown production i can handle jokes not landing great you can handle it but what gets me screaming at the tv is smugness yeah i agree it's a it's a universally disliked characteristic, but it's sometimes hard to pin down exactly what is smug about something or someone. Yeah. So anyway, I, I pulled out some of my faves. But like I say, I just kind of came up, or my least faves, I guess. Um, the important thing is I didn't say favorites. I shortened it to say faves so that we could get the show <laughs> done more quickly um so we'll go over some of those but i i want you guys i I think once we get into this topic and then we all go back to our tvs and just start vegging out again this week we're going to see a lot more commercials that fit into this topic so we'll be looking for you guys to uh, send them into us as well um also we'll check in with you guys the ad council like we do every week do we dare i ask have any more um jingles indeed we do people calling in our voicemail line and Yes, and some follow-up on the uh, Hello Mada, Hello Fada uh, song and Uh, why it's so prevalent in so many commercials. All right, so we'll do all of that. That's always, I think, pretty much the best part of the show now, right? I guess so. So I mean, the quality of the regular part has declined. It really has. And Hey, I put together today's show, so (laughs) (laughs) don't look for an uptick today. But let's get into these smug commercials. If I was you, I'd want to be me, too. I'd want to be me, too. I'd want to be me. All right, the um, do you know who that is? I don't. That is Megan Trainor. Oh, Trainor, trainer, trainer. I think, yeah. Uh, She of um, base, base. Yeah, all about that base. She is all about that base, and she's all about her own face. That was the smuggest song I could think of. I actually think the smuggest song I could think of, which I know is not really our forte. Um, I didn't want to use it because I don't think it fit perfectly, but this, the smuggest song that I think I like would be Tom Petty's 
you got lucky, babe, when I found you. Yeah, I always wondered, though, was the tone of that sort of meant to be actually self-mocking? Like, is it right. is it ironic? Who knows? Yeah, probably. It's hard to imagine. I mean, of course, Tom Petty could be singing in all kinds of personas or characters, but it's hard to imagine Tom Petty espousing that perspective. Well, you know, Tom Petty is like Eminem. He was just playing a character. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's the same guy who uh, wrote... Even the losers get lucky sometime. You know, he doesn't really seem like right. he's so... I like to think that, that was one of his Eminem-esque characters that he was so, so famous for. Um, the reason I got on this topic was I saw a commercial for a company that I'd never seen a commercial for before. Uh, and they're running now for the holidays, and it's West Elm. You yeah, know the, West Elm, sure, right? Sure, the home goods store. Yeah. I like their stuff. And they're, it's probably a little overpriced. And and they kind of have a they they kind of have that 2017 quasi retro mid-century modern like kind of clean look, right? It's housewares, furniture, stuff like that. And in this ad, it seems like a lot of the um a lot of the furnishings are that very, you know, clean line, very like Mm-hmm. tidy and tight kind of furniture that is very hot right now and I think fits in with our taste to a degree but these commercials are so bad mm-hmm. like they make me want to kill everybody in the commercials wow. have you seen these at no, all I, I didn't, didn't think so I'm dying for you to see one this first one audibly or audio wise I think will paint the picture the best most of them are 15 seconds long this is one that was just airing recently for Thanksgiving it's an extended family sitting around a table for Thanksgiving dinner and we hear this woman's monologue so this would be like the uh, the mother figure of the family uh, is we're hearing her thoughts while she watches her mother or mother-in-law examine her fancy new plateware. Critically. You just caught your mother-in-law noticing your new dinnerware. That's right, Karen. Every piece is unique. It's called reactive glaze. Best Thanksgiving ever. West Elm. Get house prep. So no, the mom isn't looking at it critically. The mom is kind of admiring it. Admiring it or I, she looks like she's giving it the once over. At first, like really? checking it out. Not critically, like, not liking it, but kind of like, what's all this then? But the look on the woman's face, I mean, you can hear the smugness in the voice anyway, and a lot yeah. of these are going to come down to the facial expressions, but she is, and the, literally, the campaign is called House Proud. This is about people, but they're too house proud, if you <laughs> ask me. This was the first one I saw. This is a 30-second version, so it's like a bunch of uh, clips of various people in various circumstances being so goddamn proud of their home furnishings uh, while they have guests over. Let me see if I'm going to have to explain this as we go. Did you just leave your bedroom door open so your dinner guests could see your new dresser? Who are you? People suddenly think they should take their shoes off when they walk into your house. That has never happened. Your couch has another couch for your feet. It's called a chaise. And did you just use the words sustainably sourced in casual conversation? Yeah, you did. No, you didn't. It felt amazing. Ah, I can't handle it. That's annoying, but man, I like that coffee table. That's the thing, right? And that coffee table, by the way, there's another one in here that features just that coffee table. 
um, oh, I think it's this one. It has storage. It's like a, mm -hmm. if we can describe this table, it's a very kind of flat and kind of modern yeah, it's looking. mid-century modern yeah. look. I mean, obviously it's a reproduction, but. But it's um, got this weird mechanism on joints where like the, the top kind of pops up and open and then you can store stuff in there. And I'm pretty sure uh, this commercial speaks to that. You have kids, but your house doesn't look like you have kids. Because your hidden storage game is so on point. Yeah, if your West kids have like Kid house. three toys to right. their name. I mean, that house looks amazing, but that is not under no circumstances is that a house with children unless the children are like chained to a 10 foot by 10 foot room right. somewhere. And you have a parent like me living there where you're constantly. Can you imagine how <laughs> unhappy our kids would be if we had kids? Yeah, I can imagine it. And then they would grow up like me. Um <laughs> Now, here's the thing about these commercials. I think if I if I have to give two put-ups for every put-down, I can give at least one put-up, which is they have a very clear plan as to who they are trying to target here, right? And I do think that's brilliant. It's younger people coming into adulthood mm -hmm. who have a little bit of money for the first time. Right. Right? Exactly. And what? who are you that people are suddenly asking to take their shoes off in your house? Yeah. And or I think like that, the I mean, new, they, they the know newly, their audience. The newly married who are hosting Thanksgiving for the first time, and now they've got to, like, flex for the mother-in-law. Um, I do kind of, like, I agree with you in general. I, tonally, I do not really care for these. I think it's... I mean, I know it's all wink, wink and tongue in cheek and it's it's knowing, but I think tonally it is not it doesn't work for me. I'm too old. I'm I'm outside of this demographic a little bit, but I do kind of like the way the woman in the one with the dishware and the mother in law. I just like the word the use of the word Karen. Me too. It reminds me of that. Funny. You um, have a commercial that you played for me that I fell in love with where like, a, isn't there a cat named Karen or something? I think so. I think it's actually a Pier 1 commercial. Um, interestingly, it's the same sort of housewares kind of category, product category. And I think we're hearing the thoughts of... Oh, no, I think it's Deborah. Oh, it's Deborah. Yeah. Right. I can't remember but still, what the... naming naming your characters in your commercial can be a real comedy uh, can really land a joke. Mm -hmm. Karen and Deborah. Um, now this next basically oh, I, anything that an HR lady would be named. I want to you say that we've we've grown out of this a little bit. I completely disagree, and maybe that's just how we view our own surroundings. But maybe when not to get super personal here, maybe when we were in LA, I felt a little bit like that with the exception of our bedroom. And we've never had a bedroom that I would ever want anybody to ever see. Like in LA, <laughs> it's not we, that bad. In LA we had an exposed bed frame. We had like, like because of the, um, and we had a pretty nice apartment with a nice open layout in LA aside from the bedroom. But if we had people over, I closed that door because it was also like an office where we had like extension cords pulled across the room. It was just very kind of ugly. Here, we moved back to Seattle. We have a much smaller place. A lot of people say nice things about, about our apartment, and I appreciate that, but it's certainly not the space that you and I envisioned ourselves in. Like, it's yeah, a it's bit like, claustrophobic, and we just nice. have stuff... Cr I feel like we have stuff crammed everywhere. Again, like that kind of you-leave-your-bedroom-door-open thing. I'm still... I mean, I'd be mortified if our bedroom door was open if we had company over. So um, I think that seeing these layouts that are nice open air kind of... You've made it. You, yeah. you don't have to keep like uh, hiding your clutter behind dressers or something like that, I think does still speak Yeah, I mean, these are me. very these are very aspirational homes that we're looking yeah. at. But the people, I think, are a little younger than yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, I guess sure. we're just 
Slobs. Slobs or failures. Right. We're failures. Can't we be both? <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, okay, so a lot of these next ones I'm going to play, we've already discussed in some way or another, so I won't play them again. I'm not going to dig into Chevy ads anymore. We right. know that guy is the smuggest guy on TV. Well, almost. <laughs> I actually found the king of smugness. Um, but I need to re-raise the issue of the Sprint ads with that guy, Paul... Marcarelli, is that how you say his name? Marcarelli? So. I don't know. He's the guy who used to be the Can You Hear Me Now for Verizon? Um, yeah, because he's with Sprint now, right? Or was he T-Mobile? No, I think he was Verizon. Verizon. Then he made this big deal. Paul switched, and now he's a spokesperson for Sprint, and that's his whole claim to or, fame. Another way of putting that is, someone else is willing to pay Paul. <laughs> right, because somebody's got to pay for all of the obvious face work that he's had. Oh. Like he just Listen, I'm, I don't ever make fun of people's just straight-up looks. Uh, honestly, more and more these days, even politicians, people... Even politicians who just absolute disgust me, I don't like all the Twitter wars of people just making fun of people's looks because I don't want people making fun of politicians that I respect based on looks. And I try to apply that across the board. I feel a little differently about people who have had work because you have made a choice to do something to your face, especially to try to improve it in some way. And when it just shows so obviously... I feel comfortable making a comment about that. Not to your plastic face, but behind your plastic back. Sure. Like I'm doing for Paul here. Like when you see his face, doesn't it just scream face job? Is that what they call it? Facelift? Facelift. Yeah. I mean, I think he's definitely had some work. Um, It looks a little tight and shiny. Yeah. Um, And maybe the smugness in these commercials just make me hate him so much more. And that's why I feel fine making fun of his face because... I just hate who Paul has become. I hate who Paul has become so much. I cannot. I kept watching a bunch of these today because I wanted to find a couple of the like kind of perfect smug ones. My head almost exploded. Wow. I can't stomach this guy anymore. Yeah. So it's actively turning you off of his off of sprint. Oh, God. I mean, if I could tell this carrier's apart, I would have a very strong opinion right. on that. Um, Quick. Who's th- our carrier? Uh, I know that it's. T-Mobile. Yes. Yeah, because it says it on my phone, on the outside of my phone, uh, where I can see it. I can't get inside the phone. Um, (laughs) The first, this is not the first Paul commercial, Paul switches to Sprint commercial, but it was one of the early ones in this campaign where he's in a barber shop talking about how great Sprint is and smugness just oozes off of him. Upgrade season's here. I got my new iPhone 7 from Sprint. Sprint? I'm hearing good things about the network. All the networks are great now. We're talking within a 1% difference in reliability of each other. And Look at his goddamn face. Like, I, How can I describe his face and body language to a listener who has not seen it? You know what this is for me? It's Yes, it's smug, and that's, I guess, the direction he was given, but it's... Oh, I'm so sorry, Paul. It's just not good act. It's like no, he's awful. It's not good acting. Why are you? Why do you? Why are you apologizing? I just feel so bad for him because I why? read that. I don't know. I read that story. I forget where it ran, like the New Yorker or something years ago about like how basically his he he was his career was sort of totally derailed. And I'm not saying he would have become Al Pacino, but like they like Verizon really hamstrung him in terms of getting any other work during those. They locked him in with now? a contract. So yeah. while he was hot, he couldn't appear on TV shows. Exactly. And, try to and he couldn't like parlay that, that into yeah. anything. And so, you know, he sort of was marooned out there in spokes 
catchphrase land. Mm-hmm. And I just was sort of happy when he had another, I don't know, another small bite at the apple. I agree with you that these sprint ads, I don't know what they're thinking because the novelty of them having the Verizon guy has surely worn off by mm-hmm. now. I can't imagine that uh, he, his appeal transcends that sort of novelty. It, it doesn't for me because his acting is so overacted and he's just kind of like, he's all his, I mean, it's, it's the nuances of good acting that like, of course I'm not a good actor. I don't know. I can't, I can't do what I'm asking him to do, but to be fair, neither can he. You know, a little secret. I actually love these ads. This has all been acting. <laughs> Difference in reliability of each other. And Sprint saves you 50% on most current national carrier rates. And if you got 1% more haircut than me today, would you really pay like, twice as much? Like, look at the eyebrows. Yeah, what's he doing to his eyes? He's up the forehead. Like, like, he's like, uh, so much face acting. And he's just like holding it. I can't describe it. But what it's just like doing? so extra. It's so extra. And again, though, but this is like smug... Yeah. Town, right? Smugton? Is it it's, called Smugton? It's Smugton. <laughs> Forget it, Thieves. It's, it's Smugton. It's Smugtonville. <laughs> okay, I'm going to play. Well, let's get out of this barbershop ad. I'm going to play this one for you. He is, for some reason, confronting some woman about her carrier uh, outside of a movie theater on Basically, the any commercial where the spokesperson has to like get in the grill, whether it's the Chevy guy or Paul or whomever. Or, or the dating guy. Or the dating guy dating. from... <laughs> oh, Maybe, oh as, is as that are, smug or is that just intrusive? I mean, that that almost feels like uh, some sort of Me Too moment yeah. for me. But like, um, that's the closest I've ever come to being harassed is I had to, <laughs> I had to watch a Match.com commercial. Um, now, I like that guy is unbelievably smug, and I've I've belabored that point on this show many times, so I won't further. But like, I just generally do not like the trope of a spokesperson coming up to a person, whether they are an actor or purportedly a real person who's a user of the product or the competitor's product, and getting in their face about like why they're not using this product. Um, we get a quick establishing shot of the entire uh, theater marquee. Do you see what the name of the movie that's supposed to be playing is? Freedom Chronicles Ascension to Savings. <laughs> like Showing at 2.30 and 4.30 and 5.30 and 7.30. Um, so it's... Well, that's actually good. It sounds like it's a tight 90 minutes yeah. with a half hour. I mean, with to, when you're going to watch over. Freedom Chronicles Ascension to Safety, <laughs> right. I think anything longer than 90 minutes is like pretty... There's a lot of fat in that movie. <laughs> like, I didn't notice... <laughs> I didn't notice that they were clever with the name of the movie until just now because it's been on hold for a while. But now that, like, you could, if you're going to, because when we hit play on this, that establishing shot is there for a split second. You Mm -hmm. have to pause it to see what it says. So if you're going to have a little Easter egg of a joke in there about a movie related to Sprint, like, that's what you fucking come up with. That's the best you can do. Yeah. Freedom Chronicles colon Ascension to (laughs) Savings. Someone to make a movie. Yeah, will somebody that. make that movie? Please, I'll fund it. I'm or gonna, just do a treatment. I'll settle for a treatment. Yeah, I, wanted, I, mean, I just want to have some storyboards to show my friends when they come over. I used to ask if you could hear me now, but I switched to Sprint. Their network reliability is now within 1% of Verizon. Uh, and get this with Sprint's new unlimited plan, you have the freedom to do virtually whatever you want. Is there no worrying about gigabytes, megabytes, overages, hillphobia? That's the dream right there. Okay. Oh, that face, too. I keep on Even anonymous customer lady is a better actress. Oh, my God. I already uh, took a screen cap of this commercial to send it. Did you already see it? What I want you to put on the Facebook page for this week's show. It is like 
the picture of smugness, yet somehow I paused it here and it's even more. This is like one of those things where you can just needle drop this anywhere and his face is only more smug than the last time. Um, but uh, wait for his face here at the end. Well, then Mama is going to text, ping, post, tweet, snap. Can you hear that? that can you hear that? Mm, yeah, they've really got him like turning up the smirk to Oh, 11. yes, thank you. It's a smirk. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. So anyway... Um, should we play the, I don't know if this is the best example of this. I feel like there's a lot of smugness in these holiday jewelry commercials oh, that yeah. we're just being inundated with now. I couldn't find a great example. The The best one I could think of was the one that we've already talked about. I believe you brought it up in a previous show where there is a woman and her husband at some sort of a fancy company holiday party. And um, it's apparently his workplace, right? Right. And so... His new new boss is a lady. His new boss is a lady, and she's across the room. And his wife is explaining uh, to him... All, what all the little whether charms or not, on her Whether or not she can means. speak Pandora and understand what all the charms is, this lady is eagle-eyed because it's very far away. That is true. And the charms are like, you know, the size of a dice. Are you jealous? I do like, I do prize my far vision. It's yeah. very good. You used to prize all your vision, but now you I, have my, to wear glasses My near vision has kind of gone to pot. That's your new boss? Yeah. Well, your boss loves the beach. Really? She's been to London, Paris, and her son plays baseball. You psychic? No. I speak Pandora. Oh, then they wave and they both have their charm bracelets on. Uh, you're adults, first of all. Um, let me give secondly, this credit. Let me give this commercial credit for one thing. Mm-hmm. When she says, "Is that your new boss?" and the camera cuts to a woman standing next to a man in a suit, and it's clearly the the boss and her husband. The commercial doesn't make a big deal of the fact that. In fact, I think the commercial invites you to think it's the man. Mm. And then she says in the very next line, let me tell you something about her or whatever her, mm-hmm. her line is. Um, but I think it's to the commercial's credit that it pulls a little bit of the doctor was a woman on the audience. Yeah. You know what? We're going to strike that from the record. No, I still think it's the... You still think I, it's smug? I still think the woman who does I Speak Pandora is smug. Yeah, she, she's got a bit of a smugness. But you're yeah. right, the commercial itself. I mean, come on, playing that after the Paul Sprint commercials, that just feels like a palate cleanser. Yeah, that, that it's not fe- as bad. That feels like a vacation for my mind <laughs> that I just took on. Um, I did think of your least favorite fast food character, which would be the personification of <gasps> Wendy. Oh, the lunch bully. The lunch bully. Well, in this one, so uh, this is the red-haired kind of very thin one because there have been kind of various incarnations of Wendy, right? Yeah, but I don't think... I think this woman is meant to evoke Wendy, but we are not necessarily... I think it's been ambiguous about whether she is a literal proxy for Wendy. Like in the script, her character is probably not Wendy. Right. Or they just call her... I think they just call her Red, to be honest. Maybe her name is Red. So um, we've played these commercials before. Often she's uh, like in a workplace lunchroom and she's making fun of her colleagues because they got some crappy fast food burger and she's right. got some sort of Not fresh like Wendy's. chicken sandwich with crisp lettuce on she's it. She's always on about their dumb salads. Yes. And Which this are, is- by the way, like... At least as, if not more, calories than their burgers. And this is uh, this is in that line. Now, the, she's not in the office. She's left the office place so that she can walk out in a field somewhere wearing a wedding dress or some sort of a... It's called Wedding. The name All of the right. commercial is Wedding, although 
there's no actual marriage in it. It's just she's wearing this white gown. She's marrying she, that salad. Yeah, she walks through a field talking about Wendy's salads. Some people are married to the idea that fresh salads can't come from a fast food restaurant. They couldn't have fresh produce delivered throughout the week. They wouldn't hand wash and hand prep it in their kitchens. And they would never use freshly grilled chicken. Only salad places with fancy bowls can do that. Right? Oh, God. I want to screen cap that and use it as they like when you When you get it on <laughs> Maybe their faces. Maybe make, make me a little collage. Make you a, yeah. Oh, my God. That's how every Wendy salad is freshly made every day. Because it's not what your salad goes into. It's what goes into your salad. Yeah. It's this little knowing look that these spokespeople it's give all, at the end. It's all about they, that smirk. About they, that smirk. Yeah, they, they turn their head a little bit, and one of their eyes gets a little bit bigger, and they're in the know, and now you're in the know, too, and you, know you what can I, join the Smug Club. I think I think Smug Club happens when people who are not up to the acting challenge of being kind of winky and cute, because mm. people who can really do it can bring you in and draw you into their personality. They have a, It's a charisma. Mm-hmm. And what I think Paul and Red lack is the ability to generate that charisma. Um, I will also note that bragging about the fact that you wash and prep (laughs) vegetables, by which I mean rinse and cut vegetables in the store, is a low bar to clear Wendy's. In the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it turns out I was looking for these commercials and I must have typed in Smug Wendy. And it turns out Smug Wendy is actually a thing. It's a relatively new, I don't know if a meme is the right word, although I went to know your meme to get the background on it. But apparently, I think it was last year, very recently, Wendy's hired a social media manager. And this is a quote. They told her they wanted her to be a, quote, challenger with charm. Okay. This is her boss talking here. The intent of the social media team is to represent the brand's voice as best they can. When vo- when folks say, roast me, we're going to have fun with that. And we've seen some restaurants. This is really brilliant. It's a hard line to walk. But when you're good yeah when when you for the social media managers of brands that do it well it's it's great i mean it really but it is so hard to do it well and it is so easy to really mess it up now is wendy's the one the 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 restaurant that the guy said hey wendy's how many retweets do i need to get like free nuggets for life or something oh yeah that was wendy's i think it was yeah and and they and they said something like six million and then he got it and they were like okay done right they're brilliant on that and you have various takes on this um you had uh like denny's is known in the twitterverse for being just like kind of bonkers (laughs) like they just will tweet out weird things and people are always like Denny's so crazy. But Wendy's wanted to be a little bit more of a let's mix it up a little bit. Right. And apparently it started with a Twitter exchange between, you know, the social media manager and just some guy on Twitter whose name at the time, by the way, this account is gone now. I'm going off of screen caps. He was going by Thuggy D at NH Ride. So I like to think this is somebody from New Hampshire. (laughs) Wendy's tweeted out, our beef is way too cool to ever be frozen. And then Thuggy D slash NH Ride says, your beef is frozen and we all know it. Y'all know we laugh at your slogan, fresh never frozen, right? Like you're really a joke. And then Wendy's tweets back, Sorry to hear you think that, but you're wrong. We've only ever used fresh beef since we were founded in 1969. Thuggy D says, so you deliver it raw on a hot truck? And Wendy says, 
where do you store cold things that aren't frozen? And then he said, y'all should give up. McDonald's got you guys beat with dope-ass breakfast. And Wendy says, you don't have to bring them into this just because you forgot refrigerators existed <laughs> for a second there. So that, so that kind of got a lot of, I think people were actually writing up that Twitter exchange. Like, oh, wow, look at the sass coming from Wendy's. Yeah. Um, and then there were some other ones, too, that got a lot of press. One involving Hardee's, and they were getting into some bickering war. It, 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 by the way, this wasn't started with either company. This was just people online. Yeah. Yeah, but comparing smart- Wendy's to Hardee's and their four for four deal, and then somebody looped uh, Wendy's in on it. And uh, anyway, they just kind of just flung them some more shit. And then- the smart companies are figuring out how to engage with people in a in in this way that feels like kind of human, and it's a little risky. It's a little it's a little tonally. Um, probably off brand for them in a way because like you can never you can't imagine this tone this kind of combative tone being part of their a national TV ad campaign. But I think what we're really seeing is like the, um, the kind of diversification and like audience segmentation that the platforms are creating, right? Like, so uh, the Twitter audience is just never going to be an audience full of your like grandmas mm-hmm. and the, and the, and the, you know, network television at eight o'clock on a Sunday is never going to be your millennials and younger. Yeah, it's not well. I guess with the exception of football, but um, yeah, there was this there was this one uh, exchange again, the one involving Hardee's, where um, I don't. They were comparing these deal, the four for four deals, whatever the hell that is, and uh, and somebody was like, I think Hardee's said to Wendy's. Well, just because yours was first doesn't mean yours was better. And Wendy's was like, name the fourth person to walk on the moon without Googling that. <laughs> and then a little time passes, and then they write, lol, they blocked us. And so I think that's the one that started this thing that is actually kind of a meme now called Smug Wendy, where a bunch of uh, internet people started drawing these Smug Wendy characters that are like personified. They're kind of anime style, uh-huh. and they're kind of personifying this idea. Basically, people are personifying the Twitter account of Wendy's now wow. like these really smug looking Wendy's and it's like this whole thing people are just making fan art like I don't know man that when when you can dial into that yeah it's powerful that's powerful all right um I said before that the Chevy focus group guy is the king of smugness without looking at my tabs on the top of my screen I am now telling you that there is an even smugger commercial. Now it's not for, it's not currently running. I'll even tell you it's a pretty old commercial. I I unfortunately did you already see what it was? What you were going to open? Yeah, but I, you're totally right. This is the definition of smugness. You get the crown, my friend. Remember me? I'm the kid that had a report due on space. Then I got the new Encyclopedia Britannica. He had a report due on space, and then he got the new Encyclopedia. I think I made that abundantly clear. Um. Yes. Anyhow. Here it is. I mean, hey, everybody knows this is the greatest encyclopedia in the world. Help me get a B plus. Why not an A? Too long. I found so much great information, I put it all in. Overkill. Hmm. The next report I did was for my science class on the human body. Look at all this great stuff. But this time I wised up and made it just the length my teacher asked for. Got a B minus. What? Just kidding. Scored an A. Ah! Didn't we, um... Who does this kid remind you of, by the way? Um... Could a it, young Andrew Walsh? How about a young Jeffrey Dahmer? <laughs> we just watched yeah. the movie My Friend Dahmer, which is the like the right. biopic uh, about 
Jeffrey Dahmer before he became a killer when he was just a sort of a messed up teenager. And this kid, his glasses and haircut yeah. are very Dahmer-esque. I feel like we read something on the show that did a follow-up on where is that kid now, didn't we? Yeah, and I mean, my memory is that he, the kid was the son of the director of that yes. commercial, I think. Yes, or maybe the son of the voiceover. Maybe the son of the voiceover. Some, he had some sort of uh, other relation. He wasn't just a casting call. Is this it, Donovan? All I typed in was, where is the Encyclopedia Kid now? I didn't even say the commercial. <laughs> um, and yeah, Donovan Freeberg, I think. American photographer, advertising creative, voice actor, and writer. And current photographer in Los Angeles. I see. Um, and this was the kid I'm looking at here, not his, not his dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, oh, right. It, this is how we got on the whole. He's Stan Freeberg's kid. Right. Stan Freeberg, the... Yes, right, right. Okay. Uh, very, very famous uh, ad creative guy. Um, okay, so that was the king of smugness. <laughs> power out. What the hell? All right, how about we just check in? Unless you have anything to add. Did you? I mean. No, we talked about the uh, Match.com guy who. Yeah, that would be your king of smugness. I think so. should be, you know, have required to register on some sort of registry. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's check in with the ad council. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind Before we get into the latest jingles that people have left us on our voicemail machine, by the way, the phone number is 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. If you... Call our voicemail line and sing us a jingle. We're going to play it on the show. Uh, before we get into that, though, do you mind if I read this one that comes from Bobby? Uh, it's about a commercial you and I have been talking a lot about off air that I think was going to make the show anyway. So I'm really glad that Bobby sent this in. Do you mind me skipping in line here a little bit, Vives? Yeah. You Go do I, mind? I don't mind. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so Bobby says, yo. And by the way. That's a great way to start an email. Uh, he says, yo, I've been meaning to email you guys about this new Samsung commercial. It tells an entire coming-of-age love story in the 21st century, and it does a hell of a job of selling a Samsung. I'm a longtime MacBook slash iPhone guy, and this commercial even caught me. So let's talk about this one a little bit. Um, we see a young man. I think it's clear that he's getting probably a first generation or a pretty early generation iPhone back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. And he's very excited about it. Um, but then as we progress through his life and he continues to get upgrades to his phone, we're starting to see more and more why the iPhone is inferior to a Samsung. Um, maybe I should just hit play and narrate it unless you can think of examples off the top of your head. It's things like um, he... He and his uh, his girlfriend both have phones. She has a she has a Samsung. He has an iPhone. They both fall in the water together. Her phone comes out fine because it's water resistant. His has to go in a bowl of rice. Right. Um, there's another one, which I, which is a ritual that every iPhone user is familiar with. There's one where. Um, I don't. Is it kind of advertising the Bluetooth technology or the the wireless charging of Samsung? They get rid of. Uh, yeah, they do the wireless charging. He's still plugging in. Yeah, I mean, at one point he pulls his phone out. He's trying to watch a movie out, and he's got it plugged into a into the wall for power. He's got wires on his head. Yeah, to and, listen then, to and then it, they drop the. Uh, and then I think there's a reference to them dropping the. Um, Regular earbuds and having getting rid of the regular earphone jack. Oh right, yeah, kind of a, a, a ping on um, 
iTunes for that. And one thing also that is kind of a callback in this commercial that I think is really brilliant is a while back, I'm going to say four or five years ago, um, these guys were, uh, Samsung was taking on iPhone users directly by showing like all of the sheeple in line at an right. iTunes, Wait, at, at waiting, iTunes at an iPhone store waiting, waiting for, for the, the big drop of the new right. iPhone and making fun of them for being sort of uh, slavishly devoted to the new iPhone when a Samsung user can get their phone whenever and um, you know as a rugged individualist right and it's and it's better you know yeah. the product is better according to them well in this one you see a reference to that because i think early on you see that long line again in this commercial but then when it becomes modern day you see him walk by that store again and there's just a few people right. standing the and line's still, gotten shorter the line's a lot shorter which and i think I is think a it's super good burn. or something yeah i mean it's a great callback to your earlier campaign and yeah. it was always a good idea to kind of like show that again kind of for lack of a better word sheeple kind of mentality but you gotta like eventually you have to say the line's gotten shorter or you're just stepping on your own point right because if the right. line's still yes. long it's like well it's still really popular yeah yeah so let's take a listen to this although i think most of it is music and images. So it starts in 2007. He sees the super long line outside the Apple store. He gets his. Guess what I just got. At first he's excited, but yes. now it's 2010. He's taking a photo of his car for some reason. I guess he's going to college. Maybe he's showing his packed up car. But he takes the photo and his phone is out of storage space immediately. 2013. He's excited to get his new phone. But he's like punching in numbers with his uh, with his thumb instead of using the stylus. Although I gotta say, nobody's winning any phone I, battles with a stylus. Let me tell Sorry, you this. Samsung. I'm a user, but if I could if I could have a convenient stylus on my phone, I would definitely take it. Like I like I would like to have a stylus phone. But 2013, you think a lot of Apple users were saying, "God, if only I had no, that stylus that, I the, do not. that the Samsung has." Here they are. They're about to fall into the water together. Her phone will survive. His will not. And her phone is fine. You gotta send me that thing. Now he's all like plugged in with a million wires and some sort of a splitter. Oh, I see what it is. Yeah, that's not making fun of the 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 wired charging. It's like he's got some stupid adapter plugged into his phone so, can, so they can both listen with their earbuds on his phone as opposed to just the traditional uh, jack. And there's the wireless charging. And then at the end, of course, he puts away his iPhone forever. And uh, he has a Samsung, and he's writing with a stylus. Guess what I got? Uh, and the line for the new iPhone is very short. Quick question: Is that the same actor throughout? Because they do a good job of aging him. Oh no, I don't. Uh, you know, I wasn't really thinking about that. But maybe if so, that's really good. Maybe it's not. He looks maybe. It, he looks great. He's a very handsome man. It might. God, if that is, the, you're right. That is, it's either really good casting with a couple of different actors or really good makeup with yeah. the same actor. Yeah. That commercial is, that's a great commercial. No, we've noticed it before. I, I think it's, it tells such a good, it's a, and what, what you're seeing throughout this story is his uh, going off to college, meeting his girlfriend. They develop a relationship. Yeah. There's all that going it's, on as this well. Whole, his whole life is, is going by. You're seeing all these little moments in his life and, it 
does a really nice job of showing how technology goes along with you and how your technology needs change or the technology evolves and you want something better. I think it does a really good job of making the case for Samsung um, in an engaging way. And it's nice to have one of these going through the ages uh, ads that isn't about a dad's. Yeah, it's nice to see one where like it's not about a daughter getting a soccer trophy. <laughs> right, and then her period. Um, all right, let's get into these jingles. What do you say? Let's get into it. What is our first one here? Well, you will probably remember that uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've had the Hello Mata. Oh, yeah, right, Hello, right, right, Mata. yeah. Well, there's a, and, and we, as we first looked at it, it was sent to us by a listener in, uh, for a commercial for Canine Advantix with a puppy singing it. Mm-hmm. Well, singing it. Um, and then uh, another listener reminded us that there was a Downey commercial that used that song. Mm-hmm. And then we were having drinks with a friend of ours, Nikki, and she said, you know, she's a piano teacher. A.K.A. Tim. <laughs> it also sometimes goes by Tim. And sometimes calls our voicemail line and tries to <laughs> prank us. But I got you, Tim. I know you sound like now. Well, you know what Tim sounds like. Who knows what she may turn <laughs> yeah. up next. Um, Nikki's a piano teacher, and so like every piano teacher, she's intimately familiar with the great with all the songs that are uh, public domain. And she explained that that song, that tune, is in public domain. It's actually called. Um, is it Dance of the Hours? I'm just looking at your notes here. Yeah, it's called Dance of the Hours, which is by a, a classical composer named. Um, uh, where is it? I wrote it down. Uh, I'm. I'm a, Emilcare Ponchicelli. Mm-hmm. I probably butchered that. Uh, it was for an opera, and it's a it's for a ballet in this opera. Um, Can we hear a bit of it? Is this little uh, snippet yeah, here? Is this if you be if you just hit it from it? the beginning of like the original song, it takes about two minutes to get to the the snippet you recognize. But if you hit play on that, you'll hear on it. this little button here. Yep. So much class here. <laughs> Will you go to some chamber orchestras, uh, like performances with me? I used to do that a lot for my job when I was in college. I'd have to go and record them. Yeah. Uh, and every now and then, when I hear like a small chamber orchestra, I, it just reminds me of what a soothing atmosphere that is to be in. It's just like you and like I don't know twenty old people who are talk about smug uh and the dulcet tones of some strings i mean i guess so what's the open bar situation at those kind of things they're usually dry affairs hmm. in more ways than one yes okay <laughs> okay i'll go i'll find somebody else to so amilcare ladies <laughs> you know the voicemail line get at me was a classical composer uh, who uh, who or- originally wrote that that song, but like many classical songs, if not, I don't know, all, uh, it has now entered the public domain, so it can be used for almost anything. And then um, the guy, Alan something or other, uh, F- F- Alan Sherman, I think, uh, f- uh, made it very famous with the Hello Mudda, Hello Fada, greetings from camp, uh, whatever. Greetings from camp, Hiawatha. Is it Hiawatha? I think it's Hiawatha. Um, and so... It's so because it's such a famous tune, uh, a Fantasia. Disney also used it in Fantasia. Mm. The the hippo ballet in Fantasia is set to that song uh, as that well. Sense, probably yeah. the classical mm-hmm. treatment. Um, so because it's so famous and because it's so free, um, it is uh, been used for a number of commercials, including this one that listener Lauren sang, uh, sent in. And I want to also credit listener Rachel who wrote us a, a note about it. Okay. Hey Andrew and Genevieve, it's listener Lauren in Jacksonville. I was just listening to Tuesday's episode and heard your 
question about the Camp Granada um, other commercial. And I've got it for you. When your cookbook calls for cheddar, make it with Velveeta. It melts better. Thought I would let you know it's Velveeta, the cheese that never recongeals. I don't know. Alien cheese. Bye-bye. Wait, that rings a bell because I, I keep on trying to remember which is the one that I remember really distinct. Or well, there's not so many of them, so give this one yeah. a play. It's Velveeta versus Cheddar. Our Velveeta melts much better when the cookbook calls for Cheddar. Make it with Velveeta, it cooks better. I do remember that, but I still think it was the, what is it, Snugglies? There's Downy. Downy. I think well, it was just, the Downy one that I so remember. So I remember a boy, a young boy at camp singing it. One thing that cracks me up about this Velveeta ad is the oversungness of the woman's voice. It's yeah. Velveeta. Yeah, she's really going in, in the classical vein, not I mean, the yeah, it's rustic like, camp I feel vein. like you need a little bit more like, it's not a very jingly voice she's got there. No, no. I think she's trying to class it up a little bit. There is an image in there. Where somebody is trying to pour melted cheddar on a platter of food and it comes out all clumpy. By the way, and pro tip if the recipe calls for cheddar, do not use Velveeta because they are very different foods. I mean, I'm this is I've heard otherwise. This is not a knock on Velveeta, which I enjoy and I love some uh, Rotel, same as the next person, but what is Rotel? It's like uh, uh, queso kind of. Oh, I see. And that's what Velveeta is. Basically, yeah, you melt Velveeta to make queso, but. I love I love Velveeta. It's great in certain things, but if a recipe is calling for cheddar, Velveeta is going to be a very different experience. Taste or texture? Both. Is Velveeta only to be eaten when melted? Or do you eat Velveeta not melted? I, I mean... Does it come as a liquid? No, it comes as a solid brick. Um, I've eaten it solid. I wouldn't recommend it. I would say it's more of an ingredient food mm. than a... Like, I would not want to eat it on a cracker. I mean, your mileage may vary. What was going on in your life when you ate it, not melted? Um, I don't know. I think my grandma always had like a... It would come wrapped in like silver foil. This is years ago. I mean, Mm -hmm. so who knows if it still does this, but it would come like a big brick wrapped in silver foil. And I don't know, when you're at your grandma's house, like whatever's in the fridge and your parents are doing their thing. It's just like, we just eat. So we just like snack gotcha. on whatever. I wasn't sure if maybe you were a young adult and you were broke and it's all you had in the fridge or maybe you were stoned and you were just eating whatever was in What's front of you. stoned? Like if you, like if you, are you familiar <laughs> with marijuana? It's legal in Washington state now. You can ingest it in various ways and it kind of affects your, um, <laughs> y- your mind and also makes you hungry. Doesn't ring a bell. Hmm. Uh, All right, moving on. This is from listener Gordon. Um, He starts out by trying to curry some favor with the, I guess, judges. Were the judges? Were the judges. Were judging people? I don't know. I haven't been judging enough. But then he reminds us of, then he reminded us of of a classic jingle. Hey, it's Gordon from Alabama. I'm going to send you a jingle, and mainly this jingle is a supreme kiss-ass jingle, uh, because I can't think of any other jingles from my youth because I'm 50 and I'm losing all functions of being a man. Oh, Heavy. No, man. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. Oh, my God. Gordo, let's start a club. And it's pronounced Gordon. So, here we go. <laughs> I don't want to listen. That is the best part of the show. I think we let's just save the rest of this for next week. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, so that, if that's cheating... I'm just kissing her ass. So the only 
really song I can remember is from when they rolled out the Big Mac at McDonald's. And yes, I'm old enough to remember oh, when yeah. they introduced the Big Mac. So let me sing. I don't know if it was a song, so I'm just going to sing the it's ingredients because somehow it's been ingrained in my mind. To all these patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. I don't know if that was actually commercial, and I don't even eat Big Macs. I'm a vegan. And I live in Alabama. Oh so my process god. that on your show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that whole this entire voicemail was a cry for help. Yeah. We gotta get you out of Alabama. <laughs> you poor you're a vegan in Alabama. Yeah. Oh my god. And you're losing your manhood. Well, the that was indeed a jingle, and in fact there was a whole campaign around the Big Mac. Um, and I think it was because it was kind of, I don't know if this is true, this is my speculation, but I'm guessing that the Big Mac, which is one of my favorite fast food hamburgers, if not my most favorite fast food hamburger, it was kind of, it's kind of an, un, maybe it was an unusual thing at the time. It's got that, the lettuce, the, the, you know, the mayonnaise sauce, all the lettuce, the two buns, like it, I can understand sort of needing to sell it to people in a way that was not just like, this is a big juicy hamburger, this is something kind of kind of different. The, mm-hmm. the taste profile is very different. It's unmistakable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would bet if, it, if you've never had a Big Mac in your life before, it would taste not like a hamburger to you, right? Yeah. So I think that might be why McDonald's went for this like repetitive like idea of like these are the ingredients in the Big Mac. And for years, they used that, that phrase that he sang, and they played off the idea that it was hard for people to remember. So why don't you play this? McDonald's Big Mac, it's more than just another hamburger. There are two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions on a sesame seed bun. Seven great ingredients working together to make one great taste. Two all-beef patties, special sauce, cheese, lettuce, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Get the idea? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. It's your McDonald's Big Mac. You've got to taste it to believe it, you know what I mean? Two all-beef patties. Who is that actor? Did you recognize him? He's famous. He got, he, he was famous in the 80s. You don't recognize him? He does sort of look familiar. He was kind of, I think it's kind of like a sitcom guy from... Yeah. He, was, he played like a bunch of like... He would always play like the mean boss in the 80s. Or a cop maybe, maybe in, a cop. in a It's not Fred cop. Thompson, but it kind of looks like Fred Thompson. Yeah. It's your McDonald's Big Mac. You've got to taste it to believe it. You know what I mean? Two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Two all beef patties... Let me say a few words about McDonald's Big Mac. It's a, it's it's two whole beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Two whole. Well, what, what was that word again? Two whole beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, This is cheese, really pickles, smart, onions, man. It's so brilliant. That is cheese, cheese, pickles, onions, lettuce. Uh, cheese. <laughs> this kid is stressed oh, out. Yes. I don't break today at McDonald's, where your dollar gets a break. Every day. I wish they'd bring back that old style box. It's like it's like a yeah. perfect cube. Yeah. So the ba- the the burger isn't all smashed down. It's a red cube about the size of like a Rubik's cube. There is something about um, 80s fast food packaging, and it probably just has to do with when you uh, were raised, because we were watching. Uh, well, we were watching the 1990 movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the other night <laughs> for work. <laughs> For work. And uh, the first product placement I noticed was a uh, Burger King hamburger box yeah. and a Burger King soda next to The first to of it. many Burger King product placements yes, in that movie. Yeah. That movie was like 90% product placement. That's actually not true. Do you know that I, I had a list and I have my movie notes right here? Oh, you know what? 
I tore them out and threw them away so nobody would well, find them. Well, now we'll never know. Uh, there were about five product placements, if you count the movie Critters, which was on the marquee <laughs> of, uh, of a theater there. Do you remember, you know, this commercial that we just played was an early one, 1974, when they're introducing the burger. But then they played off this for probably a decade. They had man-on-the-street interviews yes. where they That's would run I mean. up it to somebody a with a microphone and be like, can you do it? And then there'd be montages of people trying to do this song, which is yep. just like... Just so well conceived and executed from the early parts, you're you're doing it because you want people to understand that it's a new product, like you just set up and explained. And then years later, you're just playing off of the fact that it's now part of the culture. You created a cultural moment, yeah. and now people are trying to sing the song. I mean, honestly, that should be in the ant. Well, probably is in some sort of uh, annals of advertising. Is that does our anyone last but point? us have annals of advertising? I think so. I mean. I think Ad Age and Ad Week might want to jump in on this. I mean, sure, they're not quite as well, big as Well, then they should return right my now. phone calls. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. <laughs> uh, all right, so it's time to get out of here. Can we remind folks of the phone number if they want to call in with a jingle? I have it written down somewhere. 607 444 Five five nine seven. We also have a Facebook page or it's, group, I guess. It's an After These Messages show Facebook group, and it's an After These Messages show at Gmail email address. Let me ask you this. I saw somebody today requested to be in the group, and you do have to request to be in the group because that's the nature of Facebook groups, but we're going to let you in. But we did have some issues with some, clearly like some sort of spam type of people. They weren't spamming the group. Nothing was wrong. But basically fake people. I think they're I don't yeah, know, somehow bots, bots or, or something. I don't know what it is. So you created this thing where you has you have two easy questions people need to answer. Who's your favorite colonel and are you a real person, right? Right. Yet I'm noticing like some people who are clearly real people because they're either Facebook friends of mine or they're members of other groups, legitimate groups, are refusing to answer the questions. Do you think it's a pride thing? I don't know what's up. If I'm if I'm not a hundred percent if you're if I'm a hundred percent sure that you're a real person, I'll let it slide. But if I have any doubt at all, I will kick it back and tell them to answer the questions. Yeah, and you because you can hit, like remind this person to answer the questions. I almost did that today to a feller, <laughs> but uh, then I just let him in because I'm an old softie. I mean, it truly is just to prove that you're a real person. So for whatever reason, you want to roll the dice and you think you can pass as a real person. If you think you can pass that Turing test, I mean, <laughs> good luck. All right, I think we gave out all the information, right? Oh, a quick forward promo to next week. Did you see our email exchange? Did you see that our good friend, Benjamin Harrison? Yes. I never can remember if there's a son on the end of his name. <laughs> Benjamin Harrisonville. <laughs> is that where the Baseball Hall of Fame is? <laughs> I think Harrisonville. Um, he is, he's been on the show a bunch of times. He's uh, the Greatest Generation podcast host. That's right. uh, let's Drink About It, which might... I don't know if that's still in production or not. They have a new Star Trek podcast called The Greatest Discovery. If you can, if you have, if you're paying money to watch Star Trek Discovery, you should listen to their podcast. He is now what you would call one of the monsters of podcasting, yeah. and I'm not just saying that because of his look. He's got a new one called um, Friendly Fire with uh, John oh, right, Roderick, right? Yeah, about and and Adam Pranica about yeah. uh, war movies, which I think I'm going to get into that. So he found some old, I want to say VHS tape from 1992 or maybe 1994 that had an old movie on it and also just had all of the commercials still 
on the tape. Yeah. And he had it digitized for various reasons. He was having a bunch of things digitized. Uh, so he is going to share with us some of the highlight commercials from this raw video he found of a TV movie from a couple of decades ago. I am so excited about that. So he'll be joining us on the show next Tuesday to do that with us. Uh, I'm out of music here, so let's just wrap it up there. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next (laughs) Tuesday. We got to get better at these.